Hello, I'm Miss Shaw with your favourite teacher and today I'm going to be walking you through a language paper one in preparation for the AQA paper on Tuesday the 5th of June in the morning. So I'm going to walk you through the November 2017 exam which uses the source Labyrinth by Kate Moss written in 2005 and you can find this on the AQA website under English Language GCSE then Past Papers and Mark Schemes. So firstly, when you're in the exam on Tuesday morning, you need to make sure you sit, read through the questions and then read through the source all the way through so that you can start to pick up on different things that might be of use when answering the question. I know it's really tempting to get question one out the way, but I would advise that you read the whole source first before answering question one. Speaking of question one, um, this is the nice and easy one, list four things about Alice and her surroundings. So obviously on Tuesday it will be list four things about a character or the setting or something to do with the first part of that source. Um, this question is in two parts, so it's asking for four things about Alice and her surroundings. So you could go for two of each. Um, you need to make sure that you write in full sentences or you won't get the marks. So it needs to be something like um, Alice is drinking her water. It's warm where Alice is. Um, the heat haze has shimmered um, above the dented tarmac. Okay, so as long as it's in a full sentence, you will get the mark, but just make sure um, that you write in the full sentence. And also, please make sure that you draw a line so as not to pick information from after that line. Now, I know that's um, a really silly thing to say, but I have had students in the past that pick something that's past the specified um, the specified line number and they don't end up getting the marks. And it's just a really easy question to get four out of four on. So moving straight on to question two, this is the one where they reprint the part of the extract that you need um, at the top of the question, which is nice. So this one is, how does the writer use language to describe the mountain area? And it is eight marks. So let me just get it up in front of me. Um, I would focus more so on the first two bullet points. So um, words and phrases and language features and techniques. The reason I'm saying to stay away from sentence forms is because unless you have this amazing um, interpretation of how the complex sentence um, reflects the weather in the background and stuff like that, you're really not going to pick up on that many marks. So it's best to just focus on the words and phrases <coughs> and um, the language features and techniques as well. So um, I would try to pick out about three quotes and really pick them apart because you're being marked on your ability to analyse a writer's word and feature choice, okay? So um, make sure that you really pick it apart as you go along. For example, you could pick out um, in the winter the jagged peaks of the mountains are covered with snow. So you could pick out the, the verb jagged. Um, and you could talk about how jagged has connotations of something that's very sharp and dangerous, which suggests that the mountain area is, is dangerous. And don't forget your effect on the reader. So making sure that you kind of link it back to that. So if you're looking at the jagged peaks, you could say that um, this creates a sense of danger, which would make the reader question um, why someone might be there, for example. Um, you've also got a little bit later on, 
in the spring, delicate flowers of pink and mauve and white peep out from their hiding places. So you've got some personification there as well. Um, the more you can pick out the terminology, the better. Just make sure that you obviously give the effect on the reader as well. So they the flowers peep out of their hiding places, which shows that it's the mountain area is quite mysterious. They're peeping out. Um, almost like hide and seek, um, things like that will get you extra marks in an exam situation. Okay, it's really important not to affect, not to affect, not to forget effect on the reader, and just try to make your comments um, full of something rather than empty. So if you just say this makes the reader want to read on, then you're not going to get as many marks. Um, if you say this makes the reader want to read on because the mountain area is very mysterious in this section it just gives you a little bit more leverage for the examiners to give you the marks okay um, I will go through timings and how many paragraphs you should write for each question but I'm just gonna skip forward to question three um, so question three is exactly the same every time um, how does the writer use structure to, to, I said it wrong, how has the writer structured the text to interest you as a reader? It's exactly the same every single time. Now, please be aware that the examiners aren't testing your ability to pick apart quotes. They aren't testing your ability to identify language features. That was question two. They are looking for where the writer focuses our attention and that focus is mainly character action or setting they are not looking for sentence forms or punctuation that's all now part of question two i know that sentence forms and punctuation is a structural feature but apparently not for aqa anymore okay so focus on character action and setting i would look at kind of beginning middle and end um, and look at where the focus changes so that first paragraph Alice unscrews the top of her water bottle immediately it focuses our attention on character okay it's um, an individual character not a group so what do we find out about Alice mm, not that much we know that she's thirsty um, so she's clearly in a hot place but that's all we know so the reader questions who is Alice what is she like why is she there all of those things are effects on the reader and will get you the marks. Then look at how that kind of shifts, how that focus shifts. It shifts in the second paragraph to the setting. Okay, It's external setting, not internal. So we find out more about where she is. This is the paragraph that you have for question two. Um, so what imagery is being created there? It's a mysterious tone because still we don't know why she's there. Um, obviously you have the box at the top that says she's volunteered to help on an archive archaeological dig but you don't really get that much information it's mysterious for the reader it's kind of almost full of suspense they want to know why she's there um, and then just keep going through how does that focus kind of change make sure you look out for flashbacks and flash forward so in this source there's actually a flash forward um, let me just scroll down so I can find it um, on the second page of the source, line 34, it says, in the days and weeks to come, Alice will look back at this moment. So there's a flash forward saying that this moment, what she's doing here is important because it's going to affect the rest of her life. Um, and that's important for the reader because again, why is it important? Why is it going to change her life? Why is it such a life-changing moment? What's happened? 
So all of those questions um, really help you to to answer this question. I would say in terms of like PEE and stuff like that, I'd actually go for a feel paragraph. So you state the focus, the opening of the source focuses our attention on the character. Then you give your evidence. Um, Alice was drinking the water bottle. I don't have it in front of me anymore. Don't know what it was, but something about Alice drinking her water. Um, then you give the effect, okay? So what we kind of find out, what we question as a reader, does it make us like her at this point or dislike her? Do we not have enough information? What would we want to find out about her? All of those questions make up your effect on the reader. And then you give a link at the end. Okay, so the focus then changes to setting in the second paragraph. And then you go on to your second um, analytical paragraph. So that's a feel paragraph. Focus, evidence, effect and link. And I think that's a really good way to try and pick up as much marks as possible and not to, um, not to kind of give you any room to shy away from structure and start talking about language as well so that would be um how i would personally approach question three so moving on to question four remember i will let you know timings and how many paragraphs um at the end of the podcast so question four this is your biggest mark question on section a so they give you a statement from a student or a teacher or someone that aqa is made up um and they always give you to what extent do you agree. So this one is, this part of the story where Alice continues to dig for the object is very mysterious and suggests her discovery may be life-changing. To what extent do you agree? So the first thing you need to do for this question is pick out the emotive word or words from the statement because that's what you're going to link everything back to. So in this case, we've got mysterious and life-changing okay so two different words um two different emotive words sorry that you're going to link everything back to okay um in terms of structure this is very similar to question two so it's just language analysis again but this time round it's asking you to what extent do you agree so you need to have i in there you need to give an opinion now teenagers are the most opinionated people in the world so you know, you have an opinion, you really need to make that clear. Things like, I agree with the statement because on line um, 35 it says this, or it is clear here on line 40 that um, mystery is created because of things like that. So, I agree, it is clear here. You can disagree with the statement, but if it's telling you to what extent you agree, that is the indicator that the exam board is saying there is something in this passage that you can agree with. So make sure you agree. Um, students that are trying to go for the kind of top marks, then yes, is good to have a disagree paragraph. But if you really can't get one in there, honestly, don't worry about it. It's not the end of the world. Um, don't forget effect on the reader for this one. So just like question two, question three, um, what does it create a sense of? What tone is created? Everything, uh, obviously, everything needs to be linked back to mystery um, and life-changing in, in this case. So just everything linking the reader back to feeling a sense of mystery um, or feeling that her discovery is life-changing, okay? 
also for this question even though it's 20 marks I would say quality not quantity I know the example would give you like a million pages to fill in don't feel like you have to fill the whole um space you can get away with um less paragraphs and make them detailed and you can still come out with quite high marks for this question okay so that brings us to the end of the um reading section um sorry very very quick there um but it gives you it gives you an overview of kind of how you should be approaching the reading section of this exam so i'm just going to quickly go through question five with you guys the creative writing section and then i'll give you my overall top tips at the end which includes how many paragraphs you should write timings and things like that okay so question five is the one where you get two different tasks so you can choose between describing the picture or to write a narrative usually so actually let me get it back up this paper from november the exam board actually gave you two narrative tasks now it could well happen on tuesday um but we don't know so oh god my mouse is taking ages to scroll um da -da -da. I've lost it. There it is. Um, so this one was write a story set in a mountainous area as suggested by the picture or write a story with the title discovery. Okay. So you may well get two different narrative tasks or two different descriptive tasks. So just be aware of that. But <clears throat> nine times out of ten, you will get describe the picture or write a story or the opening to a story. So firstly, if you choose the picture, um, I would personally draw five or six boxes on that picture um, that you're going to focus on in your description. So it just helps you to kind of zoom in on particular parts of the picture rather than just describing the whole thing because you'll find if you just describe the whole thing, you've written two paragraphs and you don't know where else to go with it. So if you've got different boxes, different areas of focus, it will give you more to write about. Okay, And then how you actually use that is you switch between the object in the box and the five senses. So you'd give an overall paragraph about what you can see. Then you might zoom in, um, in this case, the picture in front of me, zoom in on the clouds. Um, they look very ominous, very foreboding. Um, then you zoom back out and then talk about what you can hear. Then you zoom back in and pick up on the lake, for example, that's in front of me. And then you go back out. Um, what might you be able to smell if you're there? So you kind of switch between sight, an object, um, sound, another object, smell, another object. It just gives you more of a focus and helps you to, to develop your writing a lot more um, for the picture description option. Now, if you choose to write a narrative, um, I would go for choosing an emotion um, and starting with that. So, for example, this this one, write a story set in a mountainous area, as suggested by this picture. There's a boy, might be a girl, or be gender neutral. Um, but there's a person sat on the pier looking out. You can't see them. They've got a hood up. And to me, they look quite lonely. Okay, so I would use lonely as my emotion. Now, if lonely were a colour, what would it be? I would say probably a dark blue. I wouldn't go for black because I associate the colour black with being depressed and deaf and horrible stuff. Um, so I'd go for like a, a, a dark blue, a navy blue. Um, and I would describe something using that colour. 
if lonely were a weather what would it be i would go for um it raining or it being very cold because if it's you know thundering and lightning i associate associate that with anger for example um so yeah it just it kind of depends what um what emotion you're going to kind of pick out and then use things like that so if lonely were the color the weather um an item of clothing a tree i'd go for a um what are those ones called a weeping willow or have i got that from harry potter no that's the whomping willow <laughs> i'd say lonely was a weeping willow because if you're lonely you're normally quite sad um but yeah different things like that will really help to kind of develop your writing and I also got, this was advice, I can't remember who gave me this advice, but um, take your reader on a journey from lonely to happy, for example. So start off with one emotion and change it because then you're using structural devices to change the tone of your piece from one emotion to another. And again, that will get you really high marks. Um, in terms of how much you should write for, for question five, it is 40 marks, so 24 for content and 16 for accuracy. So I would go for two pages. Again, less is more, quality, not quantity. Two pages, vary paragraph lengths, okay? So you will get, obviously, the picture, the two tasks, and then you'll get, you know, about three, four, five lines underneath. Use that for planning use that bit for planning and then turn the page and then you've got two pages the double page to write your story please 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 make sure you write something down um to plan it a word bank um your deforest or a forest or whatever your school teach you um make sure you've got the different punctuation points points or marks um to remind yourself some form of planning because if you do run out of time in this exam the exam board can give you marks based on your plan so you might not finish your story but they know where you're going with it so they can give you a couple of extra marks and that could be the difference between a three and a four or a four and a five for example please make sure you vary your punctuation even if you don't think it's right it literally says in the mark scheme i think it's level three off the top of my head aqa don't kill me if i've got this wrong but um range of punctuation used mostly with success now that's telling me that you don't have to get that right you've just got to get that punctuation in there so whack in a semicolon add your brackets do some dashes it doesn't have to be right but you've got to show that you're attempting to use it okay and also give yourself time to edit please 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 edit your work especially for question five i'm talking go back through cross out the rubbish the rubbish adjectives if you've used like good it was a good day no cross that out it was an amazing day it was an incredible day you're showing the examiner that you know how to edit your work and how to make it better and again it gives you extra marks so don't forget to read back through cross things out add extra things in don't forget your language features either. And also use the source to help you. The source is always linked to question five. Ow, I just hit my hand. Um, the source is always linked to your question five. So use the source. Use the good vocabulary. Don't steal a whole sentence because the exam board will realise. But obviously use the good um, vocabulary. Use the structure of the source. One of my um, students a couple of years ago, the source 
um it's the source was like it was a cold gray day in november so he flipped it and did it was a bright sunny day in june or july use the source use the structure to help you okay so that takes me to the end of a quick walkthrough of the paper i'm trying to make it as quick as possible um so as not to bore you all with my voice but just to give you my overall top tips and this is timings etc so if i start with timings i'd say um take 15 minutes to read through the source read the questions and give yourself time to go back through your answers at the end okay um so five minutes for question one you'll probably get it done quicker than five minutes but five minutes for question two about 15 minutes including picking out quotes both for questions two and three because they're eight marks each and then give yourself about 25 minutes for question four because obviously that's your 20 mark question I'd say about 30 minutes for, for question five. I know it advises 45, um, but you need to obviously give yourself that extra 15 minutes um, that you would have picked up for reading the source through once um, and making sure that you've gone back and you've edited your answers, particularly question five, okay? It's 40 marks. Last year, the grade boundaries, you only needed 35 marks to get a C. Um, see <laughs> to get a four so you know if you get a really good question five you're well on your way to that four or higher so in terms of paragraphs i would say obviously question one you just write four things um questions two and three i'd go for two to three paragraphs if you're quite slow and you're worried about timings go for two paragraphs then come back and add a third in if you've got time um for question four like I said before, quality, not quantity. So I would go for um, about four paragraphs of question four, okay? If you can get more, obviously write more, but try and aim for about four paragraphs of question four and you can still get good marks. And then for question five, as I said, two pages, um, make sure it's not two continuous pages and you've got paragraphs in there. Um, and also make sure that your paragraphs are varied in length. No one opens a book and wants to see 10 paragraphs across two pages, all five lines long. It's boring. Make sure you vary that paragraph length. Um, look at question five and jot down your initial thoughts. That for, Losing the will to live here. First, um, like right at the start of the exam, because, you know, when you're halfway through and you've just finished four analytical questions, you get to question five and your creativity is gone. It's zapped. You're bored. You want to finish the exam. You're hungry. You're thinking about breakfast. I hope you've already eaten breakfast before. But you're thinking about breakfast and stuff like that. Um, if you've jotted down some initial thoughts on question five, what you're going to do with it, then it's not starting new. You've already got some ideas down and it kind of gives you that boost, that refresh to get through that final question. Okay, so I would definitely advise that. And as I said, use the source to help you with your question question five. Um, please, please, please read the source through once completely at the start of that exam. You could use that time to annotate um, for question three, character, action and setting, where the main focus is. But obviously for question three, make sure you zoom in. Um, is it an individual character or a group? But don't do that until you actually get there. So that first first thing read the questions read through the source um 
yeah and as you're reading the source you can kind of jot down where the focus changes think of question three like a movie if this were on the big screen what would the camera be zooming in and out of because that's your focus okay i really hope that these um tips have helped if you need any more help please don't hesitate to um follow me on instagram it's just charlene shaw underscore um send me a message and i'll be happy to to help you out between now and tuesday um good luck for tuesday morning this is miss shaw with your favorite teacher and i hope you found this useful have a lovely day